0: On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC on News Talk. Now, knock negotiable. Bally-Seedy. Place names in Kerry, but they're also place names that carry a far greater meaning and are synonymous with some moments of great tragedy. Uh, you may have heard in the last couple of days, indeed, actually, the centenary commemorations for an event that took place in Ballyseedy in 1923. Um, some of the centenaries of the darkest days of the Civil War are around right about now in the calendar. And what occurred in Kerry a century ago does still resonate today. In fact, there was only a recent motion before Kerry County Council in 2023 concerning the events of Ballyseedy. in uh, uh, a century ago. We are in some ways coming into the last of the decade of centenaries but Donald Fallon is here to discuss how they could be uh, some of the most challenging days to come. Um, Don the very word Ballyseedy, once upon a time even saying the word was enough to cause a row.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the great political memoirs is uh, Noel Brown's Against the Tide and he talks about going into the doll in the 1940s. He's a young man and he's really shocked by how recent the Civil War seemed You know, to mm. the older men around him some of whom had fought in it and I, I love the way he describes this. He says... As a young politician in Leinster House, I recall my shock at the white-hot hate with which that terrible episode had marked their lives. The trigger words were 77, Ballyseedy, Dick and Joe, and above all, the treaty. And look, back then when mm. Noel Brown walked into the doll as a young man in the 40s, a power-sharing government drawn from the ranks of both traditions, so yes, to speak. Yeah, yeah. That would have been pretty unimaginable uh, in the 1940s. 77 is a, a reference to the... Uh, official execution, executions of the Civil War. Okay, But today we're talking about something else entirely, which is a very, very murky period mm. uh, of the conflict in Kerry. And just the way this issue, the past is never really the past, is it? How It's kind of come back up in some surprising ways.
0: Yeah, and um, what is remarkable about this, because again, people might be listening to this and they think, oh, well, it, it's stuff from from the Civil War, for the War of Independence and all the stuff that happened 100 years ago. But it's not actually that far removed for a lot of people because even in the media this week we had testimony from the son yeah. of the sole survivor of what happened in Ballyseedy.
1: Really, one of the best pieces I've ever read in the journal that I ate this week from from Milo O'Connor, fantastic piece, travelled out to Kerry and he interviewed the son of the only survivor of the Ballyseedy massacre, 81 years of age, uh, and he'll actually meet the tarnished to this weekend because mm. he's he's seeking to amend the doll record on events there as as we'll all get right, into. Okay. So yeah, Ballyseedy. I mean, a hundred years is not that long when you have a survivor who has a child mm. twenty years later. And I was down there. I visited the Ballyseedy memorial for the first time actually on on, on just after Stevens's day, coming back from Dingle from the Red.
0: Nice. Yes, you were and telling I, us all about. This, yeah, I had
1: this just really lucky encounter. You know, with, uh, Tim Horgan was there. who's one of the leading historians of the period. And that's the guy you want to see standing at the Ballyseedy Memorial, my total chance preparing for the centenary. Mm. Uh, and he kind of talked me through it and we walked around the site. So anyone that's driven by it, it it's worth stopping. It's just this beautiful roadside sculptor, uh, sculpture by a guy called Jan Goulet, great Breton artist. And they say 20,000 people attended its unveiling in the 1950s. Wow. So in Kerry, you know, everyone knows <laughs> what the name,
0: what the word Ballyseedy means. Mm. Um, why was Kerry... So, particularly violent uh, in the Civil War? Because it seems like when you talk about Ballyseedy or if you talk about Nock you're talking about a level of brutality that wasn't necessarily par for the course. So, so, what was it that separated Kerry from anywhere else? It's
1: a really curious place during the war, Kerry. It, it seemed more bitter, more protracted than anywhere else in Ireland. And oh, Owen O'Shea is brilliant uh, author of a really great recent history of the Civil War in Kerry. He writes, he quotes one local IRA commander, and he actually used this as a title for his book. He said, There was no middle path. You know, everyone had gone one way or yeah, the other. Okay. so across the country, there was a sizable, you know, minority of people who tried to stay out of the war entirely in the ranks of the IRA. They actually called themselves great name, the Neutral IRA yeah. in Dublin, the Neutral <laughs> IRA, and yeah. a very
0: significant so, you know, th- percentage. That's like it's neutral, neutral Irish Republican Army. Does yeah. ver- the very title. <laughs> yeah does the very title not imply that you're taking a side in a exactly. stance? The neutral Republican army. There's okay. people
1: like Florence or were leading figures in the IRA, but they were like, look, we need to keep out of this conflict uh, in some way if we can. But, right. but in Kerry, it doesn't go that way. It's just incredibly intense and, and divisive. And in fact, the fighting is so intense in Kerry that when they take it, the Free State, when they take the, the, the Mun- Munster in general, mm. they take it by sea because they're fearful of being ambushed on their way uh, to take towns and cities in the south of the country. So Munster is literally the Munster Republic, as the anti-treaty Republicans call it, uh, is is invaded by sea in August 1922. So, look, as Owen tells, when they lose the cities and towns, the anti-treaty side, what do they do? They kind of go into the countryside. You know, they retreat to the hills and valleys and proved an elusive enemy as guerrilla-style warfare ensued. And one army report says this county is so difficult... Uh, and extensive that it affords excellent cover and easy retreat for the Irregulars which is what they call the the Mm, anti-treaty Republicans so look the fight's over in most parts of Ireland it's over in Dublin essentially uh, in a week but it's still on in Kerry in a a big big way and in most of Munster the anti-treaty Republicans they fight a kind of defensive war they take a town or or a city and they hold it until they run out of it but in Kerry things are different they're kind of fighting a war of independence style guerrilla war and it's not surprising that when the war's over basically everywhere else it gets particularly vicious in one of the few places that it's still being fought.
0: This might be a real Greater Dublin Area thing to reveal, but I, I'm genuinely, I, I'm almost ashamed to admit that I had no idea that there was like a naval element to to how all this went down in Munster. Like, the, the you never think of Ireland as, as being a history or a people's uh, with a great story of naval battles yeah. or, or, or naval victories. But the idea that the, the Civil War was won down there... As, as a well, battle see. at sea It's amazing and and it's, I suppose if
1: you've spent three years doing roadside ambushes with fellas and now you're fighting against them I mean you know what they know and they know what you do yeah. so the idea of taking them uh, in that way was, yeah. was an interesting dimension Starting. of conflict
0: um, So in some ways as often happens with armed conflict um, one tragedy ends up flowing for another and we're going to talk about a booby trap that occurs a day before CD in, in Noginagosha which I think is 100 years ago tomorrow
1: Yeah the 6th of March 1923 Noginagosha five Free State soldiers are killed uh, another one seriously wounded. I mean, awful injuries. I think he loses both legs. Booby trap bombing. Uh, and the army is just infuriated by this, as you can imagine. Five young men are killed. Three of them are from Kerry. Uh, and noc really, I think, sets in motion you know, what occurs at, at Ballyseedy It's essentially you know, the tra- a tragedy motivated by fury at another tragedy. Mm. And in response to this kind of booby trap explosion, uh, on the following day, nine Republican prisoners are taken out of Ballyseedy and they're basically tied to a landmine. And we wouldn't know that it happened wow. if they all died. Yeah. You know, but one of them goes on to to, to tell the story, uh, Stephen Fuller. Later becomes a Fianna Fáil TD, which is extraordinary. I mean, he can stand up on an election platform and say, I'm the only survivor of Bally mm. and that, that will walk you into the doll yeah. uh, in Kerry. But he remembered it later yeah. on. He said, you know, one of our lads asked to be let's say his prayers and was told no prayers. Our fellas didn't get any time for prayers. They tied us up then, our hands behind our back. They tied us in a circle around the mine and they tied our legs then and our knees with a rope." They threw off our caps and said, we could be praying away now as long as we like. Goodbye, lads. And up it went. And I went up with it. That's it's extraordinary.
0: It, it, it's The brutality of it is like, just incredible. D, 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 even the very sentence, even before you got to the first-hand testimony, just, just the, the words tied to a landmine.
1: Yeah, extraordinary. Is, yeah. Extraordinary. God, and the power what, what, what of the pe- blast.
0: What people did to each other.
1: I don't know how this happened, but the power of the blast basically blows Stephen Fuller into a neighbouring field. And he, he kind of wakes up later on just... Confused, he's badly wounded, but he doesn't know it. I suppose when he when, when he wakes up, and I suppose there's this incredible adrenaline rush uh, in the circumstances, and like The Walking Dead, you know, Stephen Fuller walks away or limps yeah. away from Bally City. Extraordinary.
0: If there is a part of the whole story that reveals just how bitter things have become, uh, Dana Kerry, it comes afterwards when it comes to the whole question of handing over what remains of the men who, let's say it one more time, were tied to a landmine. What does
1: remain, you know, when you tie nine fellows to a landmine and this is a really awful dimension of this this story. And I read this in O'No Shea's book, I was amazed by this. The the families of these men arrive at a barracks later to collect their loved ones' remains, and there's nine boxes so Stephen Fuller even though he's walked away they don't know he's walked away yet yeah. and Stephen Fuller's remains so called are, are handed over outside this
0: army barracks which, which without wanting to be too analytical you can imagine that if uh, what is left of these poor eight other men is it's barely intact so they're yes. probably just gathering up whatever they thought was there and distributing it among nine boxes without too much of a care for matching it a- all and together and there's
1: fury amongst the families when they, when they kind of realise that understandably but this bit from Oan book I thought was extraordinary as the, as the procession of corpses was making its way through the barrack gates the, bar- the army band began to play he writes the band lined up and played ragtime music inside the gate I mean this level of bitterness uh, even most civil wars yeah. across the world struggled to get to that level God. of bitterness so just it's extraordinary the, kind of, the, the, the breakdown if you will of moral conduct like, in c-
0: can you imagine the, like the idea of eight families well nine families because they, they, they don't know the full circumstances can you imagine going in to retrieve the remains of their loved ones who have been killed in a manner like that and then trying to bring them out and then this ragtime upbeat stuff getting it's played extraordinary. That's, it's, it's,
1: it's I had to read it several times in the book I yeah, just thought it was so you're like ob- no I've misunderstood yeah. that there's, <laughs> yeah. no, there's
0: no way they were that callous to each other but no they were Um, so you, you mentioned the desire to go and change the doll records because uh, this is all back on the agenda now and there's a push to try and rectify what some people See, is the inaccuracies of the past. Tell us about that. Yes,
1: yeah, so this is really interesting in terms of the contemporary world. So, the question now is what's on the doll record? And, and Fuller's son is kind of going after this. Look, that point is really worth making again. If, if, if Stephen Fuller hadn't survived, We'd never know what actually happened at City, yeah, but yeah. because this guy walked away and could tell the tale, we do. And inside the doll, the story that was told was that these men were killed as they cleared a mine from the road. Okay. So an army whistleblower, that's the term we would use today. I saw Niall O'Connor used that term actually in the journal. Yeah. That's actually the right term. It's a very contemporary word, but yes. it's the right word. Yeah. Uh, a whistleblower uh, challenged the account of, of what was said in the doll, uh, but it's still there. So so understandably, uh, Stephen Fuller's son, once it changed, uh, so that's what he's meeting the Tarnished about. But a motion went before Kerry County Council recently uh, that the, the council should seek a correction of the doll record. The vote failed. So, you know, Bally mm. uh, is still a contentious thing. But yeah, it's interesting that the, the, the record on the doll tells a very different story from what we know happened now.
0: Yeah. Uh, we began by mentioning uh, the son of Stephen Fuller who gave that interview to the Journal.E to Nile Conner this week. It, it might be worth closing then with a reference to some of the work that he's done more broadly to, to try and pursue some healing.
1: We can learn a lot from him, uh, Paddy Fuller, 81 years of age. And I was, I was reading that when they put a plaque up to the, the five Free State soldiers who were killed at Noginagoshal and who shouldn't be forgotten either, mm. uh, he went along. You know, the only survivor of a a, a ballyseedy and a yeah. man, and he went along. And Jimmy Deegan, the local Fine Gael TD, he said that no man has done more in North Kerry uh, to bring us all together than Paddy wow. Fuller. And it was really nice in recent days to see that families from you know both of these tragedies, Knocknagashall and, and Ballyseedy, yes,
0: yeah.
1: uh, attended each other's commemorations, which is which is a really really nice thing. So look, the sense of seeking healing, making peace, that's always important. But I think Paddy Fuller's fundamental point is correct: at the centre of healing even with the passing of time, uh, is
0: truth. Yeah, it's remarkable. It reminds me a little bit of what we discussed a little while ago about um, Erskine Childers and the message that he got from his father, being like, go and shake the hands yes. of the men that put me to death, because this this shouldn't be the sort of division that defines us afterwards. And you wonder, did, did Stephen Fuller instill in Pody the same idea of we can't live re-litigating this war the whole time that we do need to ultimately let bygones be bygones and to try and live Incredible. in the same countries each other afterwards the, um, gesture,
1: is, the gesture of a man standing at a commemoration like that like him at Noclagoshal yeah. is, is
0: extraordinary um, it is it's genuinely remarkable stuff I I'd no, not only did I have no idea that there was basically a naval aspect to, to the civil war but just I had no idea just the extent of the brutality uh, that Irish people put each other through uh, in the name of what they thought was freedom uh, Donald Fallon is the author of several books including Three Castles Burning A History of Dublin in Twelve Cities and he's a presenter of the podcast of the same name which is available everywhere you get your audio online and um, frankly I could spend the rest of the Sunday uh, talking about <laughs> Donald Cannon's phenomenal canon of books um, look, Google his name it's, it's, it's all there somewhere you'll find them all somewhere in all good bookshops and some other less good ones as well on the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at eleven. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions. It all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.